We spend lots of time speculating about what God is like. Some of us do anyway. And that first hymn, Holy, 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 certainly launches us into thoughts about God. Holy, 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 Lord God Almighty, merciful and mighty, blessed Trinity. Whenever I hear that, that hymn sung, I can hear the voice of my grandmother, a woman who lived by faith and loved the church and loved serving in the church and loved to sing that hymn. Holy, holy, holy. What is God like? If we're not careful when we think about that question, we mostly get into big words and big concepts. Omnipresent, omniscient, sovereign, Those are good and helpful terms, but they often leave us with maybe more questions about God and what God is like. And when we think about what God is like, we also realize a history of big debates about God, debates that have split the church, debates that have caused wars. We also build big theologies about God, reform theology, process theology, feminist theology, liberation theology, and many more. And whenever we put a word in front of theology, we're advocating for something about what God is like. We have a timely passage today, a short few verses. Again, they come from the gospel according to John, as we've been reading in the last weeks. And these verses give us uh, some succinct insights about what God is like. So listen, or even better, open your Bible and read along with me. I'm going to begin at John 14 with the 15th verse. Read a number of verses and then jump down to verse 25 and 27. If you love me, you will keep my commandments, says Jesus. And I will ask the Father and he will give you another advocate to be with you forever. This is the spirit of truth whom the world cannot receive because it neither sees him nor knows him. You know him because he abides with you and he will be in you. I will not leave you orphaned. I'm coming to you. In a little while the world will no longer see me but you will see me. Because I live you also will live. On that day you will know that I'm I am in my Father, and you are in me, and I in you. They who have my commandments and keep them are those who love me. And those who love me will be loved by my Father, and I will love them and reveal myself to them. I have said these things to you while I am still with you. But the Advocate, the Holy Spirit, whom the Father will send in my name, will teach you everything and remind you all that I have said to you. Peace I leave with you, my peace I give to you. I do not give to you as the world gives. Do not let your hearts be troubled, and do not let them be afraid. This is the word of the Lord. Thanks be to God. The first thing that I hear in this short passage is the steadfast and loving care of God. These words come in a long chapter where Jesus is speaking to frazzled and 
frighten disciples. And he keeps speaking with such love and care for them. And right in the center of this little passage are those words, I will not leave you orphaned. What is God like? God knows us. God cares about us, knows you, knows me, cares about you, cares about me so much, so much that nothing can separate us ever from God's steadfast love. We belong to God, and God will never let us go. We learn about this in the scriptures over and over again. We learn about it maybe first when that rainbow appears in the sky to Noah and his family when the earth has been covered by the flooding. It's God's covenant that is meant to be foundational for life. And God says that and shows that. We learn this in the stories of Abraham and Sarah, of Moses and Miriam, of David and Bathsheba, all these stories are full of ups and downs and it is God's steadfast love that sustains everyone. We learn this through the prophets and the pains of relationship. God's steadfast love is forever. The mercy of the Lord is from everlasting to everlasting. And the psalmist confirmed this again and again. Is there any way where I can go to escape your spirit, to flee from you, O God. If I ascend to heaven, you are there. If I make my bed in Sheol, even there you lie with me. No. No matter where we are, no matter where we go, no matter what we're doing or what we're dealing with, it's God's loving presence that surrounds us. Even the darkness is not dark to you, O Lord, the psalmist says. So here... Jesus says, I will not leave you orphaned. In other places, Jesus says, Come to me, all who labor and are heavily burdened, and I will give you rest. Jesus says, I'm the first and the last and the living one. And because I live, you will live. What is God like? God makes us, God shapes us, God claims us, God loves us forever, no matter what. We disappoint God, we fail, we fall away, we get lost, we grieve, we get covered up with loneliness and despair, we get tired, we get discouraged, we even offend God with horrific acts and other tragic events that come from human beings but but nothing nothing in life or death can ever separate us from God's love I will not leave you orphaned Jesus says the second thing that we sense in this short passage about what God is like is God's helpfulness and support as we carry on in life we're not just the recipients of God's loving care and steadfast faithfulness. We are actually helped and strengthened along the journey. Jesus says, I will give you the advocate who will abide with you and you will be in him and he in you. The Holy Spirit will teach you and remind you everything that I've taught you, everything that I said. So who or what is this advocate? Some versions of the Bible translate the Greek word as counselor, encourager. 
The word comes from the language of the courtroom, actually. And an advocate is someone who comes and testifies for you or speaks on your behalf. This advocate spirit will abide in you, make a home, Jesus says, in all of us. The advocate, Jesus promises, will empower us to love one another even as Jesus has loved us. But more than that, through the presence of the Spirit, Jesus promises to be with his disciples through the advocate as they go forward and be with us, supporting us, helping us, encouraging us even after he goes away. It's so easy, so easy, especially in these days, to feel so discouraged or to feel so alone and lonely and on our own and as if it's all up to us. Where's some comfort? Where's some hope? Well, we're not alone and we're not on our own. We have a helper. We have a counselor. We have an encourager. We have an advocate always and forever. That's the promise. Once upon a time, there was a shepherd who lost his sheep. Once upon a time, there was a woman who lost her coin, and she spent all day looking for that one coin. Once upon a time, there was a blind man at the gate who needed to see. Once upon a time, there was a crippled man by a pool. Once upon a time, there was a crazy demoniac running through the cemetery. Once upon a time, there was a woman who had lost her son. He had died. Once upon a time, there was a woman who had bled for 12 years. All of these are stories in the gospel that convey what this message is conveying to us about the advocate. Jesus, in all those stories, meets the needs, keeps helping, keeps saving, keeps encouraging, keeps showing a way. We are not on our own. We're not alone. We have the advocate, the helper, the healer, the spirit, the encourager. My peace I leave with you. My peace I give to you. It's not a peace that the world gives. Presence, help, encouragement for our very lives. Then there is another important aspect of God. If you love me, you will keep my commandments. Life as God's beloved people, life strengthened by God, encouraged by God as we live our lives, always means that we live a certain way. We live a certain way keeping the commandments. You know the commandments. Love God with all your heart, soul, mind, and strength, and love your neighbor as yourself. Jesus said, these are the greatest commandments. The commandments. Worship the Lord. Do not take the Lord's name in vain. Honor and take Sabbath. Honor your father and mother. Do not kill. Do not commit adultery. Do not steal. Do not bear false witness. The commandments. They keep stressing how life is meant to be lived uh, as God's people. It's with faithfulness. It's with generosity and justice. It's with kindness and compassion. It's with special attention to the weak and the widows 
and the most vulnerable. The great Dorothy Day put it so succinctly. It's not love in the abstract that counts. We like to say we love the world. We love the workers. We love the poor. We love the oppressed. Dorothy Day says it is hard to love. It is the hardest thing in the world to love. And yet, this is what God absolutely expects from us. Love with action. Love with justice. Love with deeds. If you love me, you will keep the commandments. If you love me, you will care enough to, about the planet that when it's declining, you'll want to do something about it. If you love me, you will realize that we are not all in this virus together. We're not because some people of color and some of those closer to poverty are really struggling with this virus. If you love me, you will actually tend to the weak and the vulnerable. If you love me, you will sacrifice for the least and the suffering. If you love me, you'll quit hoarding and you'll be sharing. If you love me, you will do justice and love kindness and walk humbly with God. Some of you may recall the story of Gregory Boyle and the Homeboy Ministries. Greg Boyle is a Catholic priest and he's spent his whole long life serving in a certain community in Los Angeles where violence and gangs and poverty are the way. He has created lots of programs and possibilities to redeem life for many in this very troubled region, especially tending to the young people. One of the tutors at Homeboy, his organization, was a tiny Japanese-American woman named June. June was teaching literary skills and helping many of the gang-recovering kids to fill out forms. And one of the homies she was working with was named Philly. When the form asked for his height, he didn't know how to answer. Philly um, was confined to a wheelchair because of gun violence. So sitting in his chair, he was about three feet tall. Miss June asked him to extend his arms very wide, and she measured the length from his fingertip to fingertip. You're six feet tall, she told him matter-of-factly. Our true height, our true height in love, in our faith and our belonging to God, it seems, is measured in how expansively we can extend our arms in love and in care. This is what Jesus asks us. If you love me, you will keep my commandments. In the last few weeks, many of us have been heartbroken by another nasty situation of racial injustice, most recently in Georgia. Another modern-day lynching. Another travesty of aggression. The killing of a young African-American. One columnist wrote about this recently with a challenge to white America. 
Is what happened in Glenn County, Georgia, an indictment on all white people? It is a terrible incident. But no, it's not an indictment on all whites. But the columnist asks, what are white people doing to dismantle a system of privilege and injustice? What are white people doing to disrupt a system that oppresses others? What are white people doing to help brothers and sisters be free from the dangers of being shot while simply jogging in the neighborhood? And I quote, black people are dying to know. If you love me, you'll keep my commandments. We cannot claim to love Jesus without loving and working for big changes that bring justice and hope for everyone. We cannot just be inclined toward people who look like us or live in our neighborhood. We cannot claim to love Jesus and tolerate so many injustices. If you love me, keep my commandments. This is what God is like. We keep thinking on these things. Keep thinking on these things. God's steadfast love is forever. More than that, God is present and at work right alongside of us in all of our lives, in all of our challenge, in all of our struggles, trying to encourage us. And indeed, God expects that we live with faithful, loving, justice-seeking devotion all our days. May it be so. Amen. Let us pray. Holy God, to turn from you is to fall. To turn to you is to rise. To, to serve you, to devote our lives to loving and trusting and going with you always, well, that is to abide forever. We open our hearts for you to abide in us so we can abide in you. Following Jesus Christ, our Lord. Amen.